0: Welcome to The Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity
1: and burnout. I have learned from many mentors that emotions are part of how nature speaks through us and that we actually have very good reason to listen to our emotions on the show we challenge the status quo
0: and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy confidence and ease I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, well, women. On the show this month, I'm so excited to have Nina Simons back on the show. She's co founder and chief relationship officer at Bioneers, a nonprofit organization that has highlighted breakthrough solutions for restoring people and planet since 1990. Simons is the author of Nature, Culture, and the Sacred A Woman Listens for Leadership, released as a second edition this year. So I just absolutely love this conversation. I'm super excited to have Nina back on the show. I want to let you know that as always, you can find notes from today's show, including Nina's book that she's reading right now at wellwomanlife.com 297 show. The Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy at wellwomanlife.com academy. Join us in the academy for community mindfulness practices and practical support to live your well woman life. Now to my interview with Nina Simons. I am speaking with Nina Simons today. Welcome to the show
1: thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you.
0: Nina, I'm excited to talk to you. As uh, listeners know, I've had you on the show before, but it's been a few years and you've had a lot happen since then. So there's a lot to talk about. And I just want to start by asking you to share with listeners, who are you in the world today?
1: Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I am a woman with many identities. As I imagine many of us may be listening carefully for guidance for what's next, given this time that we're in of so much tumultuous change. I am both a woman of long endurance, and also I change a lot over time. I am the co-founder, as you probably heard, of this organization called Bioneers, which I have been tending and co-evolving and midwifing into its next evolutions for 32 years. I'm also a woman who is married to an amazing co-creative partner um, for now 30, well, we've been together for 35 years. And yet, while those seem like very long times, there have been many chapters within my evolution with Bioneers. I was a social entrepreneur before that and helped to develop the company Seeds of Change, which was a biodiversity organic seed company. It's been my privilege to shepherd Bioneers because it's been an amazing place for me to learn from thousands of diverse leaders. And over the last 20 or so years, I've really been in a very uh, focused inquiry about leadership and gender equity and racial equity. And and a lot of that is what my latest book is all about. It's about both how gender has affected me in challenging and also tremendously strengthening ways. And I'll So about the opportunity we have to bring our full embodied leadership to the world at this moment when it's so badly needed. Yeah,
0: yes. Beautiful. Okay. And definitely we want to talk about your book, which is second edition now updated with a discussion guide, Nature, Culture, and the Sacred, A Woman Listens for Leadership. Mm -hmm. And I would love to ask you, when you were talking just now, you talked about listening for guidance. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you what you mean by that and how you you listen for guidance. And I know this is part of your fanship. Of the definition of leadership now. And so I'm very interested for you to talk from a personal perspective about how you listen for guidance and what that
1: really means. That's such a great question, Giovanna. Thank you for asking me. You know, early on, I began to understand that part of embracing and lifting up the feminine in all people is increasing our practice and our capacity for deep listening. And I have been practicing deep listening now for quite some time. And some of it comes from practice called relational mindfulness. Um, Some of it I describe as listening with all my faculties, with my full attention, and truly being in a sense of deep curiosity. What I have noticed is that often I look at how I have learned to cultivate myself within a framework of what are some of the cultural biases and beliefs and assumptions that I may have picked up unconsciously from a culture that's fraught with them that I can then consciously shed, and what do I want to cultivate in myself? And so part of the reason that I named the book, A Woman Listens for Leadership, is that I am constantly practicing listening on a lot of different levels. I listen not only with my ears, I listen in my dream time. I sometimes ask for guidance. Sometimes in my meditations, I will ask my guides and I don't even know how to name them precisely, you know, whether they are ancestors or spirit animals or just star allies. But I will ask for guidance and I listen not only with my ears, but with my body. And one of the things I have found is that my body never lies. My head does, but my body doesn't. And so I am learning to listen more and more attentively with my body. And I have a a friend whose husband is in open heart surgery today, and I'm praying for him all day. But the beautiful story she told was that when he first went for tests, the cardiologist they saw told him he was fine and he could go home. And he said, no, my body says otherwise. I need more tests. And of course, because he listened to his body, they found that yes, indeed, he did need help. Mm. So listening to our bodies and we have to slow down to do that.
0: Yeah, we have to slow down. And there isn't a a good way of teaching or modeling that that we do that we do need to listen. Mm. it's not mm. it's not the norm yet, right? Like we yes. need to normalize it somehow. and so we do need to teach it and model it. And that is going to happen if we can, as you say in your book, expand that definition of leadership to include the heart and the mind and the deep listening. And so that example, that story of of your friend really listening to his body and then, actually knowing what was what was the right thing. That is something that is not necessarily acceptable in our mainstream society. That, you know, no, you listen to the doctors, you don't listen to your Yourself. So that's very interesting. And you also refer in your book to the Council of Ninas. And this is, uh, (laughs) I love that because when we say deep listening, listening for guidance, listening for our intuition, who are the Council of Ninas? And, And do we all have that Council of multiples
1: of us that we can listen to for different guidance? I imagine that we must. It would be hard for me to imagine anybody not having a counsel within them. And thank you for asking about that, because what I find is, you know, I was realizing part of what I've learned to listen for is my emotions. And again, we've been taught by our culture that emotions don't have value. But I believe, and I have learned from many mentors, that emotions are part of how nature speaks through us, and that we actually have very good reason to listen to our emotions, not to immerse ourselves in them, not to succumb to them, but to listen for what they have to tell us, you know? And one of my favorite examples is that a great teacher named Carla McLaren has a book called The Language of Emotions. And she suggests that the reason we have anger is It's our body's way of telling us that a boundary has been trespassed. Well, you know, living in this incredibly toxic world where babies are born with hundreds of, uh, you know, of chemicals already in their bodies, we have very good reason to be angry. And in fact, because our culture has taught us to subdue or sublimate our emotions, we don't listen for them. We don't get the value of them. So my council of Nina's includes many beings. It includes a very young child, Nina, who back when I when I look back at my childhood, I think I often felt called to behave like an adult, even though I was a child. Mm. And so I have a little. A, you know, a little bumper sticker that I wear inside my forehead that says, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. And I try <laughs> to listen to my little child, to the little Nina, because she didn't often get to express herself as a child as often as she may have needed to. So there's a child Nina and an elder Nina. There's a male Nina and a female Nina. And there are a few other animal spirits and star Guides and ancestral guides that are all sitting in the council with me. Mm -hmm. And in that way, when I sit down for a meditation, I can imagine myself going around the circle and seeing which parts of me have anything to share with me. And really, you know, the curious thing about deep listening is it seems so simple, but in fact, we have to ask. And then we have to wait and listen. And again, our culture has taught us and trained us to jump for answers and to reach for solutions. And actually, I think it's part of reclaiming our human wholeness to get much better at listening. I love that. Yes.
0: And then when we do listen and we hear something, then what do we do with that? You know, so that then that's the other part of it. Do we? And a lot of times we just ignore it, like, oh, no, no, I didn't just hear that. <laughs> oh, no, no. But slowing down and saying, okay, I am going to listen to that. So you talk about decentering the mind as the primary navigation system. Hmm. And I love the way you talk about that because it really brings in the importance of heart centered leadership. Would you talk a little bit about that concept and how you how you- you know you explain it in the book and you expand like you say the
1: definition of leadership, which I love? Sure. Well, I am someone who has always been drawn to studying systems. So I'm, it's part of why I've been able to endure 32 years of pioneers because it's all about systems thinking and connecting the dots among seemingly disparate issues to understand that we're all part of one system whole. And one of the systems that I learned early on was to think of people and myself as having four centers, a body center, a heart center a mind center, and a spirit center. And, you know, the spirit or intuition or dream time, whatever way you might relate to it. And so for me, I am interested in these models of wholeness, as you might be gathering. And as I have had a good number of mentors who are indigenous teachers and elders, I have learned from them that many of them believe that the farthest distance humanity has to go is the distance from the head to the heart and leading from the heart. Mm -hmm. And really, when I wrote my first book, which is called Moonrise, The Power of Women Leading from the Heart, you know, my inquiry then was to understand how is leadership changing and how are women and some men reinventing how leadership is practiced. And what I saw was that that instead of leadership that looks for expertise like you were saying with the doctor we've all been trained to defer to a doctor the leaders that i most admire are leading based on what they're most passionately committed to and what they love and what they hold most sacred and it's a it's an inner authority that comes from investing in your heart and you know as i've been as I've been thinking a lot about how we redevelop a sacred relationship to all of the living world, what I've been realizing is that in its simplest form, what we love is what we consider sacred. Mm -hmm. And anyone who has been a parent knows, right? Your kids are sacred to you, of course. And for many Native peoples, when they are first born they are assigned a clan relationship and they become members of the turtle clan or the wolf clan and those are their relatives and so how do we invest in the in our relational intelligence which comes from our hearts and decenter our minds as our compass it's definitely
0: a puzzle that requires more than our minds to figure out
1: So it is. uh, And all of these things require practice, you know? Yeah. I do think repetition is the key to transforming ourselves. In the book, you do talk about the three core elements of leadership being
0: identifying your gifts and talent, finding out what you love the most, which you just talked about and then working on reinvention or renewal in the world. And when when those three things come together, you are really unstoppable in terms of what you can create or co-create. I'm speaking with Nina Simons. She's the author of Nature, Culture, and the Sacred, A Woman Listens for Leadership. You're listening to The Well Woman Show with me, Giovanna Rossi, and we'll be right back. You're invited to join me for a brand new monthly group experience over in the Well Woman Academy. This is a monthly group that includes access to the full six-week course based on feminism, mindfulness, and the Well Woman Life Framework. It includes weekly groups, coaching sessions with me, as well as office hours and a private Facebook group to share and grow. Don't get me wrong, this is hard work, but with these tools, you will easily find the time to do the course, get the coaching, and reach your goals. Monthly. If you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing, waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, lacking the energy you need to get everything done, stuck in some aspect of leading your team, procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or in a leadership role but second guessing yourself constantly, I'd love to introduce you to the Well Woman Academy. It's for smart, high achieving women changing the world who want to overcome anxiety, burnout, perfectionism and insecurity. The result? You get to live your Well Woman Life, a life of joy, ease, and abundance, even when things are tough all around you. Visit wellwomanlife.com slash academy to learn more. And we're back on the Well Woman Show with Nina Simons, author of Nature, Culture, and the Sacred, A Woman Listens for Leadership. And Nina, we're going into the segment called Superpowers for Success. And I have a few questions for you so that listeners can get to know you better as a changemaker, as a thought leader, as a woman. The first question is, what does
1: success in life mean for you? It's quite different than our societal norms. And that's such a good question. I, I have a kind of allergy to the celebrity culture that I think is so prevalent today. Success for me is not about numbers and it's not about fame and it's not about money. I just had a woman who is an extraordinary Native leader who works with survivors of human trafficking. And she told me what this book has meant for her and how she's sharing it. In all the circles up and down California that she's working in. And I found myself weeping because I was so, I was so fulfilled by having that body of work land in that way in her work. You know, success means to me the fulfillment of seeing your own contribution affect some kind of healing or positive change in the world. And um, I'm so grateful that I've had some tastes of that, along yeah. with failures, lots of failures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That would you wouldn't be human if you didn't have failures and be able to just pick up and, and go on. Right. Um, and so when did you know you were really good at what you do, Nina?
1: I think I'm still learning it, Giovanna. You know, it's, um, What I found from working with so many women is it's so much easier for most of us to give than to receive and receiving the feedback that your presence or your words or your actions have really impacted someone's life in a really positive way. It's taken me practice to take that in. And I just turned 65 this year and I think I'm getting better. at. And this book is helping me, honestly. And there are so many things that I'm not yet good at, you know? My whole journey with racial justice and uncovering my own, you know, inherent assumptions around and and blind spots around white privilege is an area where I'm sure I'm going to be learning till I die. And and even, you know, I was gonna say that I don't think I would be as good a learner as I am if I had hadn't had so many failures and right. Cause you just have to take risks in order to keep learning. And I think I love learning better than almost any. So it all goes hand in hand. Yeah. And I'm still practicing, honestly, taking it in. Thanks for asking. I think some of it has to do with external acknowledgement, but more it has to do with that question you asked about, what does success mean to you? Right. So, feeling those moments of deep fulfillment um, help me understand that I am getting good at something. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay. And can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your own well being so you can do all of the things you do, all of the workshops and conversations and leadership, being here, you know, recording this right now, it takes a lot. How do you you stay
1: well so you can do all of that? Again, I'm always practicing and always learning. Some daily time sitting on a cushion really helps me. I find that breathing deeply and closing my eyes and going inside centers me in a way that few other things do. I also... I have a, a, an example that is one of many that I give in the book of um, a ritual that I created when I realized that when I got out of the bath or shower in the morning and looked in the mirror, I would have all these voices go off in my head about my butt being too fat or my hips being too wide or my belly being too round. And one day I just realized, wow, I am doing violence to myself every day. I have to stop this. And so I created a ritual where I took a body oil and I added some essential oils to it, Mm -hmm. essential oils that make me happy and that I love. And so each morning when I get out of the bath or shower, I oil myself. And as I'm oiling my body, because I live in the desert, I consciously pour love into my body. And so I replaced all those voices with, thank you for holding me so well. Thank you for being so strong. Thank you for the softness of my skin. Thank you for my curly hair. Thank you for all these things that I love about my body. And it's really helped to change me. And the last thing that I would add is, I recently had a very powerful experience, Giovanna, where we had three months of terrible wildfire near to our home. And we live right at the edge of National Forest. And I reached out to a friend who had studied with many traditional uh, Peruvian teachers. And I said, is there anything you can share with me that would help me to protect our home? And she taught me a ritual. And it involves putting flowers around a tree that's near our home that I love and doing a prayer and an offering with water and sometimes wine around the base of the tree telling it how grateful we are for it's mm. holding us asking it to beam our gratitude and our request for forgiveness to the mountains and the sky people asking it to help restore balance and to continue to hold and protect us and soon after i started doing that ritual the rains came and our home has been safe, and that tree has actually been struck by lightning, but not killed. It just has wow. this beautiful scar down its side. So, those are things. Wow. That's yeah. beautiful.
0: Okay, thank you for sharing. I think that listeners will get a lot out of the just mm. knowing what you know. When we share these stories and and habits, it helps inform others. And you Nina, know, we just have a. Couple of minutes left. So, real quick, I have two or three more questions for you. What superpower did you discover you had?
1: Only to realize it was there all the time. I had a mentor in my late 20s who told me that I could sell ice to Eskimos. And at the time I thought it was the crappiest superpower. I was like, ooh, that's so cheesy. I don't want to do that. And then I discovered that I could help to spread ideas. Mm. And learnings that were important to me. And so that was one. I know we don't have much time, so I'll be quick.
0: That's great. What
1: advice would you give to your younger self, say your 25 Mm. or 30-year-old self? I would say trust yourself more. I would say don't look to others to validate you nearly so much. And trust that who you are already is enough to meet this moment in time.
0: That's so powerful. And it's
1: also completely unbelievable if
0: you're in a place of not being able to connect with that. (laughs) That's true.
1: So is there any advice you have to connect with that? I would tell my 20-year-old self or 25-year-old self to actually make a women's circle. I would say, notice which women in your life you wish you had time for friendships for. Mm -hmm. And just decide you're going to get together once a month. And it doesn't have to be big. It can be four or five people. Um, but get together and decide together what's important to you. Because my big discovery was how amazingly women can accelerate each other's learning and leadership and visions and belief in ourselves. And so I would say go do that. And if I love you want it. advice on how to do it, get the book. Yeah. Okay, great.
0: (laughs) And we will link to the book and other things that we've talked about today at the show notes at wellwomanlife.com slash radio. Lastly, two quick questions. Well, they're not very quick, but we'll, we'll have to do them quickly. Do
1: you identify as a feminist? Oh, yes. Of course. But, and we have to educate everyone that feminism means that women's equity makes it better for everyone, not that women gain and men lose. Uh, Feminism is all-inclusive, and there's all this data all over the world that as women's equity rises, it's better for every system, every living thing. And how has your feminism changed with
0: your more recent deepening into racial equity
1: and your own reflections on white privilege? Well, I think it's made me a more conscious leader, that's for sure. It's made me aware of how white privilege tends to talk too much and thinks it knows the answers. And it's made me more appreciative, respectful, and reverent of the particular wisdom that women who are people of color and who have experienced extreme hardship, carry, because I think they have essential knowledge that we all need to survive this crazy time.
0: Nina also spoke very highly of the book Luminous Darkness by Deborah Eden Tull, so we will add that book to the book list at the show notes, wellwomanlife.com slash two nine seven show. Nina Simons, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Giovanna. It's a joy to be with you. And I hope we get to do it many more times. That's it for our
0: show today. Remember, if you need support to live your Well Woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for the well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.